0: in the season ahead. You know, God has designed seasons. Say season. Season. God's designed seasons. Some of you may not like winter, but it's coming and that's just the way it is. So here's a word for you today. Get over it. Maybe here's another word. Get a coat. Maybe get your heat bill paid and all that other good stuff and be prepared. But God uses seasons. Seasons are set in place by God. In Ecclesiastes, he says there is a season for everything there's a time for war there's a time for peace in ecclesiastes he says these seasons that we have so there's a time and and we have to understand that we are coming in to a season some of you are are probably going into the wilderness or coming out of the wilderness or in the middle of the wilderness you're either coming in going out or in you're in the middle of a season that we're in and i want to talk about how to overcome don't you want to learn how to be an overcomer and don't you want to learn how to have victory in every situation? Even in the midst of defeat, you can continue to have victory. Somebody say victory. You know, we want to be able to have victory. We want to operate in faith. We want to have strength and power for God. We want to be able to have victory in every area in our lives. There are going to be setbacks. There's going to be failures. We'll call those experiments. Well, you will experiment on some things, and you may get knocked back. You may even get knocked down, but how many of you know it doesn't matter how hard you get knocked down. It's how high you bounce back. Can I get an amen? Amen. So I want us to understand and realize that we've got to be an overcomer in these seasons And the first point that I gave to you uh, I don't know whether it was last week or two weeks ago or I don't remember even how long ago it's been Was this in order to be an overcomer in this season that we're coming into You have to be willing to change your heart You have to be willing to change your heart. Can you advance that slide? You have to be willing to to change your heart say heart and I, I want us to go back, and I want us to look at a couple things because the Bible says, "Where your treasure is, there your heart is also." And we looked at the the Hebrew word for heart, and the Hebrew word for heart was was leb or, or lab, l e a b, and it meant the middle thing or the core. We looked at the Greek word for the heart, and that was kardia. And that word was, again, was the middle or the core of a thing. As we began to realize and understand that we have to have something changed from the inside. Come on, somebody. You can go to the store and you can buy a new suit. You can buy new clothes. You can buy a new dress. You can change on the outside. And that's not going to make you a better Christian. It's because what's got to take place has got to be in the heart There's got to be something that's got to change in the middle There's got to be something that's got to be changed in the core of your being In first corinthians chapter 6 when we first come to know christ He says we be are joined with him in spirit Your spirit and god's spirit becomes one we become one with him in spirit Are you one with the spirit of the living God today because when you when you make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life Something begins to happen on the inside of you. I've given you my testimony Sometimes, you know, I drove down the street and you know after I I met the Lord Jesus Christ At an altar in a church and I drove down the street and threw out all my drugs and and you know said I'm gonna start living for God and a week later I was back buying and supplying come on somebody Sometimes we say, well, you know how many of us get around to the New Year's resolutions? <laughs> yeah, we just need to quit making resolutions because we already, you already break them. Are you with me? Come on, somebody. Anybody ever broken a New Year's resolution? Yeah, I got by a couple of them for a few days, maybe even a week, and maybe even some of us got into a month, but usually I end up being condemned by the enemy and then have to ask for forgiveness for God because I've broken my resolution. So maybe we need to look at our heart Because one of the things and this is the central thing You cannot will not somebody will not grow in the lord unless their heart is changed We can give you knowledge after knowledge after knowledge after knowledge And your head can be so full with knowledge of the lord and the glory of god and the love of christ But unless it permeates the heart the knowledge isn't going to have a vehicle to go in come on somebody see one of the things that I realized and understood is that I felt I wanted to change my mind and if I could change my mind, I could maybe change my habits But a lot of times my mind didn't change because my heart didn't change It's a heart thing turn to your neighbor and say it's a heart thing I want to read you some scriptures. Just meditate on this These are scriptures about the heart Those who have chosen by god Holy and beloved put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, you also should forgive them. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 5 and 6 says, Slaves, be obedient to those that are your masters according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, in sincerity of your heart as to Christ, not by the way of eye service as men pleasers, but as slaves of Christ or bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. Romans 2.29, But he is a Jew who is one inwardly, and circumcision is that which is of the heart by the spirit not by the letter and praise is not from men but from god 1 corinthians chapter 7 verse 37 but he who stands firm listen in his heart being under no constraint but has authority over his own will authority over his own will And he has decided this in his own heart. See how important the heart is? Each one must do as he's purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Therefore, we do not lose heart, but though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. We can have praise and worship, and I love the praise and worship, and we can come and we can lift up our hands, but I want you to lift up your heart. If your heart gets lifted up, then who knows what else will happen. Come on, somebody. He says, the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart and a good conscience in sincere faith 1 Timothy 1:5 2 Timothy 2:22 says now flee from their youthful lusts and pursue righteousness faith love and peace with those who call upon the name of the Lord from a pure heart a pure heart the word of god in Hebrews chapter 12 says the word of god is living and active and sharper than a two-edged sword piercing as far as the division from the spirit and the soul both the joints and the marrow and the word of god is able to judge the thoughts and the intentions of the heart i'm I'm glad that the word can do that because sometimes my heart can deceive me i don't know about you but sometimes if i'm just led by my heart sometimes it gets stepped on oh come on you hear me today Sometimes we can be led by our heart and and think this is right and, and all of a sudden find out that according to the word of God, it doesn't line up. But it felt good, but it still didn't line up. The word of God can circumcise your heart. He says this, let us draw near with sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Hebrews twelve three says, For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you may not grow weary and lose heart. That center, that core, that thing in the middle, that heart that's within us should be the heart of God. James 1, he says, If anyone thinks of himself to be religious and yet does not bridle his tongue, deceives his own heart. And his religion is worthless. So the heart is important. In fact, according to James, the heart should control the tongue. Are you with me? The tongue doesn't control the heart. The heart should control the tongue. 1 Peter 1, verses 22 and 23. Since you, in obedience to the truth, purify your souls with a sincere love for the brethren. Fervently love one another from the heart. For you have been born again, not of seed, which is perishable, but seed, which is imperishable. That is through the living and enduring word of God. First John chapter three, verses 17 through 22. There is, there is five references in the heart. Listen to this. But whoever has the world's goods and sees his brother in need closes his heart against him. How does he love God and abide in him? little children, let us not love with word or tongue, but in deed and truth. We will know this by, because we are the truth. It says, we will assure our heart before him in whatever our heart condemns us, for God is greater than the heart, and he knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God that whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do the things that are pleasing in his sight. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 says, Watch over your heart, for out of your heart flows the issues, wellsprings, water, life flows out of your heart. So in order for us to be able to overcome in this upcoming season, in order for us to be able to be victorious in what's going to come against you, and there are some things that are going to come against you. If you love God and are pursuing God, there are some things that are going to come against you no matter what. So in order for us to overcome in this season, the the key central thing is we're going to have to have a heart of God. A pure heart, a heart that is pliable, a heart that is soft, a heart that's willing to say, well, maybe I could be wrong there. Maybe I didn't understand it like I thought I did. Maybe she said something and maybe I took it the wrong way. Maybe we need to have a heart that is pure and open to be molded and shaped for God. I, I don't know about you, but I need that pure heart. I want that pure heart. I want where my motives are pure and I don't have underlying motives for certain things. So we're going to be an overcomer. Say, I'm an overcomer. You better turn to your neighbor and say, you're an overcomer. Come on, tell them. Tell them again, you're an overcomer. They need to know that. There's going to be the season that we're in and you're going to have to overcome some things, but we're going to have to do the first thing is that we're going to have to be willing to change our heart. The second thing that I want us to begin to look at Is the second point that I want to give you is you have got to be willing to change your head Say "Change change my head Now that doesn't mean you know, you just you know, like frankenstein You unbolt it and take it off and put another one on and and do that sort of thing That's not not the case and that's not exactly what god was talking about here But you've got to be willing to change your head so I want us to realize and understand that as we are become overcomers, we've got to be willing to change our head. The things that we do, the ways that we talk, the ways that we begin to think about. You know, the Bible says anything good, anything lovely, anything of good report, it says to what? Think on these things. So there's an important central thing for us to be able to understand and realize is that we need to be able to change the way we think. In other words, it may be a belief system. Pastor Virginia has been talking about belief systems here. And this belief system is what God wants us to be able to realize and understand that we have to look at our belief system and say, Okay, am I willing to change my belief system to line up with the things of God? So we've got to understand that, first of all, that the Bible tells us that Christ is the head and you're not. If we're going to overcome in this season ahead, you've got to realize that Christ should be the head and you're not. Amen? 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3. Let's, let's read this. But I want you
1: to understand that Christ is the head of every man, and the man is the head of a woman, and God is the head of Christ.
0: So we see that Christ is the head of man and God is the head of Christ So we've got to get some things lined up and say Christ is the head say that Christ Christ is the head who's the head Christ is the head. Who's the head of your family? Come on Jesus Christ. He's the head of the family a lot of times. We're like guys like I'm the head It says it right there I'm the head of the woman Well, my wife always tells me she's the neck and she can turn the head any way she wants to turn to your neighbor and say that's the truth you know that is the truth but we have to realize we're having some fun with it today but we have to realize that that christ is the head another scripture that i want to give you is colossians chapter 2 verse 10
1: and in him you have been made complete and he is the head over all rule and authority
0: over all rule and authority see we've got to realize and understand that god is bigger than the devil Oh, come on, that was weak. God is bigger than the devil. And see, a lot of times you look at a situation and you look at a circumstance and you say, you know, I don't know if we're going to get out of this thing. I don't know if they got a solution in heaven for that. I don't know if there's wisdom on the earth to be able to overcome this situation, whether, whether it's economics or your personal situation at home. We have to realize that the Bible tells us that Christ is the head over every power, that's dunamis, and every authority, that's exousia in the Greek. He's over the head over every power and every authority. And that same dominion that Christ has over power and authority, he's given you that same dominion. You need to take that. You need to operate in that. You need to be able to say, hey, you know what? I've got power and authority over this situation. In the upcoming season ahead, if you're going to be victorious, you've got to know that Christ is the head and he has power and authority and he's given you power and authority. Say power and authority. Say it again. One more time. Come on. I mean, the guys are like, power and authority, baby. I got the power and authority. You step onto a football field, one team's going to come against another team. I just turned on the television yesterday, and there was a team, there was one team coming out on the field, and there was another team, and they were standing over there, and they were they were jawing at them. And I mean, before they even got to the, before they even got to warm up, they were going at it. It wasn't OU and OSU. I'm not going to tell you who it was. But uh, but anyways, I mean, they were going at it. It was like, you know, this is our house. It's like, no, this is where we're at. Well, we're going to come and take it from you. And it's like, is that power and authority. We need to have that same mentality To realize that Christ is ahead He's given you the power and authority And in this upcoming season ahead I'm going to be victorious And I'm going to have power and authority Over everything that comes against me That tries to pull me back Tries to hold me down Tries to keep me from being less than God's best Because I got the power and authority Hallelujah Give the Lord some praise in the house So we got that power and authority Who's got power and authority? Who's got power and authority? Come on, who's got power and authority? Yeah, he's giving it to Christ. Christ has given it to you. See, we've got to look at the word of God and we've got to realize that. And see, from there, there's going to be a time when, when change is going to come and the fullness of Christ is going to come in and heaven's going to be totally aligned with earth and, and we're going to be brought together under one head and that's the Father and Christ. And that's great, but what about here? What about now? What about today? Is there something that you can give me today, God, that'll help me through the midst of this circumstance or situation that I'm coming up against? We've got to get our soulishness Nature under control. (laughs) We got to bring our, we got to be self controlled. Say self control. -control. We got to say no to ourselves. Here's something. If you can't say no, maybe you just say, not right now. (laughs) Not right now. I want that piece of chocolate fudge with them nuts in it. Not right now. (laughs) you don't understand i told myself yes and yes and yes and yes and there had to come to a point where i had to say no no say that no say it again i mean your kids will come up and say hey what do i do with this hot curling iron you're gonna go no give that thing to me (laughs) you better put that thing down boy you're gonna burn your hands what's the matter with you so we've got to come to that point But we realize and understand who we are in Christ and that when this season is coming in, that we're coming into this season, that we're going to be an overcomer in this season, that our heart has to change, but also our ideas of ourselves, who we are. Do you know that you are a child of the most high God? Do you know that you are the head and not the tail? Do you know that you are above only and not beneath? It doesn't matter how you feel right now. What matters is what the word of God says. And he says you're an ambassador. the, The word of God says that you are an ambassador. And ambassadors rule. Ambassadors reign. Ambassadors fulfill the law of Christ that's in their life. These ambassadors. You can be an ambassador in another country. Absolutely. We have foreign countries now that have ambassadors. You go into Washington, D.C., and you can drive down, and there's the Indian ambassador, and there's the African ambassador's house, and all these other things. Can you go in them? No. Why? Because it's almost like another country in this country. Are you with me? Right? Y'all understand that? You're an ambassador. Turn to your person next to you and say, I'm an ambassador. Why don't you tell them you're an ambassador. Say, you're an ambassador. You're an ambassador. Do you know that your kings and your priests, do you know that your kings and ladies, queens, your kings and queens, turn to your neighbor and tell them that they're either a king or queen depending on their gender. <laughs> We're having some fun in here today. <laughs> Col- Colossians chapter 3. If you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Colossians chapter 3. There's something that I want to... uh, I'm in Corinthians. Let me get into Colossians chapter 3. Philippians, Colossians, Philippians. Colossians chapter 3. In this season, you don't need to see yourself operating from the valley you need to see yourself operating from a higher place oh come on i want you to see yourself the way god sees you god sees you operating not from below but operating from above operating higher than your circumstance he doesn't see you just suspended in midair up here But he sees you coming and rising above that situation. He sees you rising above those things that are trying to pull you back. He sees you rising above those things. We are seated with him in heavenly places. If we're seated with him in heavenly places, then we have a position from above. Did you get it? You say, I got it. it. Do I need to go back over it? Okay, I want you to see... Who you are. When you put on Christ, you put on the new self. Colossians chapter 3. I'm just going to have her just read. Therefore, if you have
1: been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is. Seek with God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on, on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is our life is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. Therefore consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. For it is because of these things that the wrath of God will come upon the sons of disobedience. And in them you also once walked when you were living in them. But now you also put them all aside, anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive speech from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you laid aside the old
0: self with with its evil practices. Tell me what we need to do. Hold on. What do we need to do, Bill? She need to move. You need to give her another mic. Okay. I think he's going to have you slide over a seat or two. Okay. Chapter three, verses one. She she talked about it one through seven. He gives. An idea of we set our mind on things above, not our mind on things of the earth. You've died and your life is hidden in Christ. And he goes through and he says, you know, therefore consider the members of your earthly body. And he says, dead to immorality, impurity, and evil desires, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. For it is because of these things the wrath of God will come on the sons of disobedience. And in them you once listen this is past tense you once used to be like this but you are no longer oh come on somebody i don't know about you but i can see myself in here i can see myself with impurity and passion evil passion or lust and evil desire and greed and 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 he says that's idolatry you want to know what idolatry is that's it right there's a good definition of idolatry He says, for it's because of these that the wrath of God will come upon the sons of disobedience. So he's saying, these sons of disobedience, they're in trouble. (laughs) But see, you are not the sons of disobedience. In verse 8, he says, but now you also put them all aside. Put away anger, put away wrath, put away malice, put away slander, abusive speech from your mouth. Verse 9.
1: Do not lie to one another since you laid
0: aside the old self with
1: its evil practices. You've set
0: aside that old self now. That old self with what? With its evil practices. Go ahead. And have put
1: on the new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created
0: him. A new self. Uh-oh. Something's happened. Something that you've, you've done. You've, you've put on it now. You've removed the old self. You've taken the old self of greed and malice and envy and strife and jealousy and bitterness and anger and all those things. And now you've picked up a garment from God and you now are clothing yourselves with the new self come on somebody no 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 I'm not a dirty rotten sinner I'm a sinner saved by grace the old has passed away and the new has come I put on the new self I put on the new garment I'm now beginning to walk as a king as an ambassador as a queen whatever it might be as a citizen in the kingdom of heaven because I put on a new self Somebody needs to say hallelujah. Hallelujah. I mean, you know what? If it wasn't for the garment of Christ, where would we be? If it wasn't for the garment of Christ, where would we be? We've put on the new self. Go ahead.
1: A renewal in which there is no distinction between Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, and freeman. But Christ is all and in all. Mm. So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience.
0: Whoa, 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 whoa. Look at that. It says, this is what you are. You're chosen by God. What? You're chosen by God. Say, I'm chosen. Chosen. You're chosen by God. You're chosen by God. You might have used to have been chosen by the devil. But you're chosen by God. Turn to your neighbor and say, I think he's talking about you. Come on. Because you are chosen by God. And then, and then look at what he says. E, you're chosen. You're chosen. How many of you chosen? I about, I'm, come on, let's get your hand. I'm chosen. I'm chosen. How about the other hand? Can we get that one up too? I'm chosen. I'm chosen by God. You're chosen by God. So we're chosen by God, right? We're chosen by God. We're, we're chosen by God. Then look what he says. He says, those of you that have been chosen by God. He says, bearing one another. Forgiving each other Whoever has a complaint against anyone Just as the Lord forgave you You should also forgive them Or you should also Just as the Lord Do we forgive? How many times? Just, you know it's, it's an infinity When he says 70 times 7 And a man should forgive somebody in a day it's just an infinity. It's just a number. He's not saying that after 140, you know what seven times 70 is 149 or 490. He's not, he's not saying at 491, you don't forgive him. It's a number that means just it's an infinity. It's first of all, you're not. I don't know if you've had anybody come to you even seven times in one day in one day and ask you for forgiveness. You know, most of the time, you know, it's one time. There's been times where I've had to go to my wife and ask for forgiveness two or three times in a day. But I don't think I'd ever done it seven, let alone 70, let alone 490. Go ahead. Look at verse 14.
1: Beyond all these, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity.
0: Woo! Put on love. I love you. God loves you. You know, God loves a cheerful giver. You know, we heard that from the heart. See, but how are you going to put on love without your heart being changed? How are you going to put on love without your head being changed? You can't put on love. And, and again, the, the Greek word for love is different than the English word for love. There's only one word in the English for love and there's three or four Greek words for love so we need to look at that and understand if it's just a phileo love a friendship kind of love it's if it's a sexual kind of love that's a different kind of love in the greek if it's an uh, agape kind of love it's an unconditional love that we we love no matter what we love our kids unconditional anybody have kids don't you love them you may not like the way they act at times but you sure love them you know they, they may embarrass you at times but you still love them You know, you'll do just about anything for them, won't you? That's the way God's love is towards us. Go ahead.
1: Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you, with all wisdom teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ,
0: giving thanks through him to God the Father. Whatever we do in word and deed, we do it unto the, thank, unto the Lord Jesus Christ. Being thankful. He says when you worship God, worship him with a, with a heart, a thankful heart. And that's where we're talking about how we're going to overcome in the season ahead. And we're going to say we've got to have a heart change. Say heart change. Heart change. We've got to have a head change. We've got to change the way we think. We've got to change the way we believe. We've got to change those things. See, if we change our thinking, then our minds can be renewed. How can our minds be renewed? Psalms 26, 2, let me read this to you. It says, test me, O Lord, and try me. Examine my heart and my mind. For your love is ever before me, and I will walk continually in your truth. Your heart has to change first, and then comes your thinking, your head. Turn with me to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, where did I tell you? I just wanted to check, see if you guys were listening this morning. Let's look at. start off at verse 1, Romans 12, 1. Let's read this. Therefore,
1: I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect.
0: So our bodies to be holy and pleasing for the Lord. That's our act of worship. Our minds need to be removed, renewed, renewed <laughs> and removed. Our minds need to be renewed. We've got a whole series on "Climbing your Mountain of Transformation," where it talks about the transformation of your mind, a metamorphosis. A caterpillar doesn't come out with a caterpillar that you just stick wings on. It goes through a total transformation process and comes out as a butterfly. Are you with me? It, the DNA is changed. So as we go through a transformation with God, our DNA gets changed like a DNA from God. You got God's DNA. Oh, come on. You didn't hear me. You got God's DNA. You got, you, got, you got blood type God running through your veins. That ought to make you shout hallelujah. Romans chapter 13 verse 14 says, rather clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ. Do not think, there it is, with the mind... About how to gratify the desires of your sinful nature. So don't spend time thinking about how you're just going to take care of your sinful nature. That's where your mind has to be renewed. Ephesians chapter 4 verses 22 through 24. Says you were taught with regard to your former way of life. To put off your old self. Which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. We're putting off the old self. We're getting clothed with the garment of Christ. Clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. He says to be made new. Where are you made new? I got news for you. My body was not made new when I came to Christ. I didn't lose 10 pounds. I didn't grow hair. I didn't all of a sudden become a stud. It had to work for me real hard to be a stud. (laughs) you didn't hear that did you somebody said you're getting there (laughs) do you understand what I'm saying my body didn't change I all of a sudden didn't gain 10 years you know what I mean or lose 10 years all of a sudden didn't didn't get better looking although people might begin to look at you through your eyes and see where your heart has changed your soul has changed and say whoa something did happen to you are you with me but but i i got to i got to clothe myself with a new attitude say new attitude attitude. of who you are in christ jesus that's the whole deal we've got to have that attitude of who we are in christ jesus verse 24 says to put on the new self created to be like god in true righteousness and holiness we've got to protect our head how many times do we protect our head most of the time we don't i all the time get i raise up and hit something i don't protect my head at all but listen what the word of god says in ephesians chapter 6 we all pretty much know about that we put on the breastplate of righteousness the shield of faith quenches every dart from the the wicked one what about the I watch, I watch football games, and I know if if you sent DeMarco Murray out onto the football field without a helmet, they would take him out. I mean, they probably would all say, "Look, just let him score a touchdown. We're taking that dude out." All of us going after his head. Don't you think the enemy wants to come after your head? Sure, he does. So that's why we've got to have the helmet of salvation on. We've got to put on the helmet of salvation. We've got to change how we think. We've got to line our thoughts up with the word of God. Come on somebody. What what do you think about this? Well I can't really tell you what I think. All I can tell you is what the constitution. That I believe in. From our God. From our kingdom says. So we start quoting the word of God. We start living the word of God. It gets in us. And then it comes out of us. We've got to be willing to change our head, our mind, our sight. We've got to be willing to change our hearing. We've got to be willing to change our taste. We've got to be willing to say different words, different inflections of the words. Come on, somebody. Go with me to Colossians chapter 1. We're just going to read verses 13 through 23. Colossians chapter 1. Is it okay if we come to church and get in the word? Okay, you know, I like to do that. Colossians chapter 1. Verses 13 through 23.
1: For he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom
0: of his beloved son. Ooh, rescued us, transferred us in the kingdom of his dear son. Go ahead. In whom we have redemption, the
1: forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. Mm. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is also head of the body, the church, Mm. and he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself will come to have first place in everything. First place in everything.
0: we got to allow God To have first place in our thoughts. We got to allow God to have first place in our thoughts. When you get in the grocery store line. And you have picked that line. And that line doesn't move. You got to allow God to have your thoughts. Come on somebody. I shared with you one time this. I got in line one time. And there was this lady in front of me. There was an older lady. And I thought I'm just going to push her down. This is a long time ago, but I did think about it. Now, where does that thought come from? Oh, come on. Those of you that are laughing have had some thoughts like that. You're driving along your car and you ever... Well, maybe I better not go there because then you all won't come back Sunday. You're driving along your car and you think... I'm thinking, I wonder if I could cross that median, see what my car would do. Maybe maybe I... Never mind. You ever had those thoughts? come on maybe you know She was like no but some of y'all are going yeah i had them thoughts yeah what about if i drive off that bridge i wonder if it'll clear the water <laughs> yeah you get on a four-wheeler wonder if you can climb the mountain i wonder if i can do that i wonder if gravity will take me all the way up there maybe it'll pull me back we have those thoughts we we have those thoughts anyways i was in line and i and i thought and i thought i'll push that lady down she's just she'd been messing with her groceries for 15 minutes and all I got is two items. I think I could just push her down and just zip by her. I did that one time. I tapped somebody on the shoulder like this, and they turned, and I went by them. You could do a whole line that way. Just keep going by people. Shelly keeps telling me to tell you it's a long time ago, but I'm transparent. So it, it is a long time ago. I haven't had any thoughts of pushing old ladies down in lines. It's been a long time. I'm going come on. You, well, let me get real to you. You get in an argument with somebody, there's some of us that want to take dominion. (laughs) I got something for you, what'd you do? I got a knife. Well, you brought a knife to a gunfight. What are you going to do with that baby, huh? I mean, we're serious. You know, we're just real people here. We have those thoughts, but we've got to renew our thoughts to the thoughts of God. We have those thoughts that people have put in us and said we're no good. Where did that thought come from? That didn't come from God. God says he loves you, he cares for you, you're you're an awesome woman or man of God. God says, I've got the best for you, and those are the thoughts that we need to start having. We've got to renew our mind, we've got to pull those thoughts down, we got to take those thoughts that are contrary to the word of God, we got to pull them down, and we got to make them line up and say, you don't belong, thought, you got to go. So very quickly the thought passed, I'm not going to push her down, I'm just going to be careful and just wait in line, amen? And wait for the time that's there. It's, it'll be fine. Who knows? God may take you and you may, you may actually minister to that lady in line. Or that lady in line may turn around and minister to you. So don't miss out on those things. But we've got to be willing to overcome in this season ahead. We've got to be willing to change your heart. Say your heart. And your head. Say your head. And the third thing I'm going to give you is that you've got to be willing to change your hands. In other words, we've got to be willing... To do the work of our hands God tells us that our hands well let me say that your hands can be used for loving or your hands can be used for hurting you can take your hands and you can love with your hands or you can hurt with your hands God wants to bless the work of our hands do you know that God wants you to put your hand to something so you can prosper God wa- he uses these hands these are God's hands if you're a man and woman of God, these are God's hands. Do you know that the word work literally means to toil? The word work means to toil. It means as a task or an occupation. You can everybody does things with our hands some more than others. It means to be engaged in or engaged with. Our hands work literally means to commit to something, to labor for our work literally means to minister about a trade or something else by working. When we look at our hands, when we, when we do the things that we need to with our hands. In Deuteronomy, there is over six references to the Lord your God has blessed the work of your hands. Has blessed, will bless, will continue to bless the work of your hands. He will make the work of your hands prosperous. Look at Psalms 90:17. Let me just read this to you. Go ahead.
1: Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and confirm for us the work of our hands. Yes, confirm the work of our hands.
0: That the Lord your God will be upon you. And to one one version says establish the work of your hands. And then he comes back and says, yes, establish the work of our hands. Last scripture, James chapter 2. I'll ask you to turn. I won't ask you to turn to anything else. James chapter 2. Because we have to realize that our hands make a difference. Our hands make a difference. We saw that video with that guy with no legs and no hands. I'm telling you, your hands make a difference. James, chapter 2. we We'll to read verses 14 through 26.
1: What use is it, my brethren, if someone says he has faith, but he has no works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is without clothing and in need of daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed, and be filled, and yet you do not give them what is necessary for their body, what use is that? Even so, faith, if it has no works, is dead, being by itself. But someone may well say, You have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without the works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one. You do well. The demons also believe and shudder. But you are willing to recognize, you foolish fellow, that faith without works is useless. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up Isaac, his son, on the altar? You see that faith was working with his works, and as a result of the works, faith was perfected. And the scripture was fulfilled which says, And Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You see that a man is justified by works and not by faith alone. In the same way was not Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way. For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so also faith without works is dead. True
0: faith. True faith transforms our conduct as well as our thoughts. True faith will transform not only your conduct, but it will also transform your thoughts. If our lives remain unchanged, then we don't truly believe the truths that we say that we believe. Mighty quiet. My life should be different five years from now than it is now. We cannot earn our salvation. Salvation is a gift. Ephesians 2.8 says, for it's by grace that you've been saved through faith. It's not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. It's not by works lest anyone can boast. But the scriptures here in James says, you show me your faith and I'll show you my works. So it's a byproduct of our faith. We cannot earn salvation by serving and obeying God. You can't earn salvation. Salvation and faith are two different things. Come on, somebody. Such actions show our commitment that God is real. Your neighbor saw you go to church this morning. To your neighbor who probably doesn't go to church thinks God's real in your life. Real enough that you're willing to learn about God. You're willing to gather together. Faith by works, deeds, or service. It's not a substitute for faith. But rather a verification of our faith in God. I don't work to substitute my salvation. I don't work to substitute my faith. But my faith creates me to work in my belief for God. Do you understand what I'm saying? In other words, what do you do that others see that you have faith in God? What do you do that others see... That you have faith in God. I mean, do you help with families helping families? Do you go that extra mile to help someone else? Are you able to bless somebody in the midst of a circumstance? Are you able to forgive when they think, well, they're not going to forgive me? Do you help with youth? Can you help with children's church? What can you do? Can you teach? Can you babysit so others can go and learn? How can you? Can we show somebody that our faith is in God? How about life groups? You get hooked up and connected to a life group because you know that there's strength and and, and you have faith and that God's wanting to connect you. You have faith when you go to church. James 3.26 says, faith without works is dead. It's unfruitful. It won't bring anything. So you can have faith, but it won't produce anything. Can I say that? It won't produce anything. But if you have faith and then you do some works with it, it'll help produce something. Jesus said this in John 13, 17. He said, now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. He was teaching the disciples, bringing it and put it in context. He was teaching the disciples some things. And when he got through teaching them or in the middle of his teaching, he said, now, if you go and do these things, you'll be blessed. So we can take this word of God today and we can do something with it. We can take this.